hello and hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? Today I am so excited to introduce you my special guest, McKenna Sage. Hi everyone! So great to be here. <laughs> yes, and let me tell you a little bit about McKenna. And first of all, wow! Just say how beautiful that name is. I have to repeat it one more time. McKenna Sage. <laughs> I felt prettier just for saying that. And McKenna not only has a beautiful name, but she also beautiful and unique in so many ways.、Um, for the beginner, she grew up with a huge coaching background. At age of twelve, instead of hanging out in the mall like we all do, what she did is she got trained and certified in the high performance training coaching program. <laughs> wow, talking about high achievers at such a young age, and just to mind you, this is just the beginning.、Um, she graduated with a business degree. She then built her six-figure online marketing business within eighteen months. Wow! Fast forward,、uh, she decided to follow her heart again, to step into what she always meant to do—to become a coach. Today, she is a co-founder and CEO of Follow Your Aliveness and the Aliveness Mastery Program. And guys, she is on mission. She want to empower one million women to become the best version of themselves. With that, guys, I am so honored to have you, McKenna, to join us and welcome to the show. Thank you. Super excited to be here. Yes. Oh my God, McKenna, what a story! That is so fascinating. Tell us how that all got started. <laughs> What were you thinking when you age up twelve? I was actually a lot younger when I started. I graduated when I was twelve. I was really、um, blessed to be born into a family of coaches. So my mom started coaching and training back in 1986, and so I grew up in her work. I grew up in seminar rooms because back then there was no、um, online. Marketing really, or just no online programs. The internet barely, barely existed. I don't know exactly when that when that came into being, but it was all in person at the time. And so she was leading, you know, coaching programs and and events and personal development.、Um, and I was, you know, homeschooled. So were my siblings. And so starting at a very young age, we were all encouraged. To follow what we were curious about, because that's what my mom's work is all about—the aliveness method. So to follow our curiosity, and for me, that was always the classes. I loved her work. I loved sitting in there, learning with all of the other, with all the adults, and really watching people. I would see the transformation happen in front of my eyes. I would see people. Go through, learn this method, apply it to their lives and their careers, and actually look younger, look brighter, look more alive, be happier. And so, I was just so fascinated starting at a really young age. And so,、um, I was given the opportunity to participate in her. She was she was leading a、um, like a coaching and leadership certification program, and you came for one month. 
every year for four years. So it was a four-year program. And I started it when I was seven. I took a gap year in there at some point, And then I finished when I was 12. Um, and I was you wow. know, by far the youngest person to ever do that. But I was just, I just loved it. Um, so that's, that's really where the roots were at a pretty young age. That's just so incredible. And just take a pause here to think about when you were seven years old, did you know at the time you were youngest that you even have the awareness to realize, damn, I'm so great. I am the youngest <laughs> in the room seeing everyone, adult, to do their thing. Like I don't, I don't you, think I thought, the funny thing is I thought that I was, we were basically treated like adults in many ways. My parents just talked to us like normal people. And so mm-hmm. I just thought I belonged in there. I didn't, I didn't think anything different about it and all the other adults were really cool about me being there and so I don't think I thought anything different and honestly I think a lot of kids given the opportunity would love to do something like that you know so I don't think it's that I was special it was just that I was given the opportunity you know so Mm -hmm. I I love that you say always felt you belonged Mm -hmm. that's so beautiful yeah yeah I loved it so that was the very very beginning and then there's a long journey which I'm sure you'll ask me about to to where I am today so sounds great so tell us so at age 12 you um graduated from that program yeah so what happened next well um I always like to share that in my teens, I still went through, despite having this amazing, you know, method that I was raised in and, and a lot of great tools and personal development, I still through, went through a lot of the challenges that most teenagers go through. You know, I had starting around age 14, I had pretty bad body image issues for a time. Um, I, you know, grew, I was not a heavy woman, but I was a curvy woman. And this was like, right before or maybe right when JLo started to be (laughs) popular, but it was still like the model of like being very skinny was what was considered to be beautiful. And I was curvier. And um, I just remember, you know, having a lot of wanting to be skinny. And so that that was one of the kind of challenges I dealt with at that age, um, which I was able to move through. Thankfully, I had some disordered eating for a time, but but I did move through that um, with my mom's support. And the other big one for me was just wanting to fit in. You know, we we had this what I now look back on and think was an amazing childhood. And at the time, though, I just felt like I didn't fit in with other kids my age because I was homeschooled and I had this different kind of experience and it wasn't cool you know back then nobody knew what a coach was <laughs> people thought my parents were football coaches when I would when I would say they were <laughs> coaches and um and you know we were traveling and you know not living the typical lifestyle and so I just I went through this phase where I just said I don't want this anymore I just want to be normal I want to like be around other kids my age and and so and I also started to really my form of rebelling, I always say, you know, like kids go through their little rebellious stage a lot of the time. So mine was, you know, I came from this very entrepreneurial and kind of alternative upbringing. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go do what, you know, society says you do to be successful and happy, which is go to university, go to business school, get a corporate job, you know, follow kind of that set path, even though I was raised being told I could do anything I wanted. So I, Always say that was one of the. Why is that a rebellious choice? Why what? That sounds like a very 
why is that a rebellious choice? Well, it was a rebellious it because rebellious. it was against what I grew up with, right? We all kind of go against our parents, I think, in some way or another at some point. Not everybody, but many people. And so for a lot of kids or young people, they grow up maybe in the more normal, that that would be what their parents would say to do. And so their form of rebelling would be to go the opposite way and go travel the world and be a nomad or something like that. But because that was how I was raised already. My form of rebelling was to go do what normal society said, you know, to do and not to follow my aliveness. So in fact, that was the first choice that I really made, the first big choice in my life where I I went with something from my head and not from my heart and what really brought me alive. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you know, I had a great four years in, in my undergrad studying international marketing and, and business. And I did really well on paper. So I I was mm-hmm. summa cum laude. I graduated. I was super involved on campus. I won, you know, seven awards my senior year. I worked really, really hard. Um, wow. And I had fun too. And I had, you know, partied and did all the normal college things. But I really, looking back, I got further and further away from myself because it was the first, like I said, it was, I was doing, I was studying something that wasn't really what I was passionate about. I was, you know, trying to fit into this box that I didn't really fit into. And so over time, I just, I didn't fit in really culturally in my school. And I, I, you know, was just so in my head around things that I, um, that by the time I graduated, I was, you know, 15 pounds overweight, I um, was drinking way too much. I and I was just really not in touch with myself. I was really not so happy. Um, And so at that point, I looked to see and I said, Okay, well, I checked all the boxes, right? This is what this is what people say you do to be successful and be happy. Um, and I had been planning to go get a corporate job. And I just looked around me and thought, like, I don't think I can keep going this way. This doesn't feel like I remember growing up and traveling and living life on our own terms. And here I am like having to go sit at a desk every day. Um, I just thought there's got to be a, a, another way. And, and at that point, I started to think maybe my parents, you know, my mom had something figured out. Um, and I maybe I should listen <laughs> to her. And so um, that was when I about six months later, I started my first business. And I really started that out of a desire to be um, nomadic to be able to travel um, and not have to work in a in a desk, and I didn't see any jobs that that wasn't really offered that often back then. Um, this was back in 2012, and so I said, okay, well, what can I do where I could work from anywhere and I could travel and kind of you know do this on my own terms? And I had the skill set of writing and some of the online marketing from supporting my mom with that over the years. And so that's how I started my business. I just said, okay, people need this, I I think, I hope. Um, And so I started telling people I was writing copy and helping people with online, you know, marketing. And um, within, as you said, 18 months, I worked my butt off and I grew that business to uh, six figures and then maintained and grew that from there. So, yeah. Wow. What a, what a beautiful journey. And I'm, there are so many things I want to unpack here. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, you mentioned going to college, um, picking a marketing degree was sort of your rebellious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, how and when do you realize that's not what you want? And even to do so, how do you able to to decide you're going to 
start your business in that field that you already decided is not aligned with who you are. You know, it's interesting because the what I learned in school was so not helpful. <laughs> and I, I will I don't want to talk badly about my education, you know, that the school was great. It was just not helpful for an entrepreneur. What you what you learn, and this is changing, I think, to some degree, but what what most people learn, I think, in in business and marketing programs is they learn marketing for a big company, for a big corporation, which is just a very different thing. There was nothing that was grassroots, bootstrap. Mm -hmm. How do you do this if you're a solopreneur or someone starting from scratch? Um, And so, you know, it just felt very Mm -hmm. out of alignment. And I would would try to create projects. You know, I was in the honors program and I tried to create a project that was more social media based, which was relatively early early at that time. You know, 2012, Mm -hmm. it was still early days of social media. So I wanted to do something more applied for my honors project and they they didn't want it. They wanted me to come up with this very complicated, you know, thesis and do something that was like theoretical. And so I was frustrated continuously in college by the fact that it just it didn't feel connected to the real world to mm-hmm. me. And so it wasn't that, you know, it was just that, yeah, that bad, I guess. And so when I got out of school mm-hmm. and I decided, well, I don't think I want to go work for a big corporation. I think I want to do something, you know, of my own. Um, mm-hmm. That was when I really, so as you, you said, you know, that I studied it, but it actually, I didn't end up using, I don't use anything that I learned in school other than I took an Excel class my freshman year. And I, I do use mm-hmm. that from time to time. Um, and some, you know, I learned Spanish, so I, I used that for a time. But um, yeah, so it was kind of that realization when I got out of school, mm-hmm. of like, okay, I don't think I want to go the corporate route. So now everything I've just learned probably doesn't really apply. Um and I'm trying to remember the second part of the question you asked. I can't remember. Oh, uh, no, that's that's beautiful. You, I think you kind of answered that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's gorgeous. And I love that at that moment, you are so in tune with your feelings and who you are and the alignments that you, you mentioned. I think that's beautiful because oftentimes it's not that easy for, um, for me at mm-hmm. least. And I imagine for a lot of our listeners. Um, well, I'll tell you what I'm that, curious, that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'll just say real, really quickly that I'll tell you what that'll, what that realization. It sounds so nice and packaged up in a bow now, but it, the truth is, at the time, it just looked like feeling unhappy and out of alignment. You know, it was just like, okay, I don't. I remember feeling more like myself before, and now I feel out of touch with myself, mm-hmm. and I'm over. I'm heavier than I used to be, and I'm partying too much, and I'm, you know, and I'm. I just know that like that direction feels like it's more of the same or moving me in the wrong direction. And I don't, I don't want to do that. And so I never thought of myself as a risk taker. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. now looking back, I'm like, Oh, I guess I did take risks, but I feel like I took them out of like, I can't, I can't do it this way. You know, I, this will like crush my Mm -hmm. soul. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. the courage to start my own business was really more of a necessity to me because I just thought I can't, I can't, go that direction. I feel like I've been on that path mm-hmm. and it's going to crush my soul. Um, and mm-hmm. so, and I had $60,000 in student loans when I got out of school. And so I had wow. the very real, you know, financial strain in front of me of, okay, I have no savings. I have all these loans. I have no car. I have no nothing. What am I going to do? Um, you know, I could have, I could have always chosen to try and go get a job, but it just, it, I had to try a different path first. Was it 
was it scared? Was it hard to know that you have the loans, you know, you have very limited resources and yeah, all your peers around you probably chose a more prestige mm-hmm. route, quote unquote, more stable mm-hmm. route. Was it a difficult choice for you to decide, you know what, this is what I wanted to do? Or is it at the time, just given how much pain that was, that was just a necessity choice that you said? Yeah, I think it was a little of both. Um, it was <laughs> definitely scary in the sense of like, but I used that fear, you know, like I used the fear of the financial to push me to go for it. And I often feel Mm -hmm. grateful for that looking back, you know, I think, wow, it sucked, (laughs) excuse my language, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't cool to have all that, you Mm -hmm. know, all those loans and everything. But that was almost a $1,000 a month that I had to pay on top of my expenses. So it forced Mm -hmm. me to figure it out. You know, I didn't have the luxury of getting into business and going, okay, I can take my time and Mm -hmm. like, just, you know, play around with this. I had to go, no, like, what do I, what do people need? How can I serve that need? How can I meet clients? Um, Mm -hmm. and, And, and that's where a lot of my upbringing, I think really did come in because I did have that entrepreneurial kind of, you know, background when I was growing up and was in those, those seminars they would have us, you know, as part of the way that my my mom taught leadership and and coaching is, you know, through things like the performing arts. So they would have the whole all the people who came to the seminar. We would have to create a show together, for example. And we'd have to create all the skits for the show and the songs and everything, and perform the show. And we'd have to go sell tickets and put on the whole production. And so at a very young age, I was learning teamwork. I was learning, you know how to basic kind of sales and marketing. Um, and that served me far better than, you know, what I learned in, in college. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that really did push me, like I said, at a, uh, to figure it out um, mm-hmm. when I was first starting out. It was that, it was like, I have no choice. Um, and so mm-hmm. either I figured this out or I go get a job and, you know, the job was always an option, but I, I didn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, so you started your business. So is it was it hard? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was working. Challenge? I was working sixty plus hours a week. I was, you know, taking any and all work that I could take on in any industry. At first, I was not targeted. I just took any copy and, and marketing work I could get. Um, and so, in order to pay my bills, and which weren't even that high at the time, but just you know, with student loans and everything, I was working a lot very much already in in a pattern, which I started in college of, of kind of teetering on the edge of burnout. And that was a challenge I dealt with for many, many years. Um, but I, you know, I got better and better clients, I got clearer and clearer about who I wanted to support. And so I actually ended up focusing on, um, over time, I focused on authors, experts, speakers, and coaches. So people who are mission driven, people who are making a positive impact in the world through their work, because I felt values aligned. Those were the people I wanted to help get their message out there in a bigger way. And I had some lucky breaks. You know, I had an opportunity very early on to be the director of marketing for a year for a New York Times bestselling author. Um, And I learned a ton from that experience. And I took that forward with me. And, you know, I think I just had a natural ability I'll share a little later about our our free quiz that we have called the Aliveness Compass Quiz. And it tells you about your top talent and also your success motivator in your career. And my top talent is connector um, and my secondary is arranger. But I think my connector skills really um, served me well because I was able to 
kind of network and meet the right people and and so forth in order to to grow my business. So in, in many ways, it was a a really awesome time <laughs> because as I got better and better at what I did and I got, you know, higher level clients, I was able to charge more and um, I know I did work less eventually. Um, I still had a tendency to overwork, <laughs> but I did work less and I, you know, had a great lifestyle. I was able to, you know, live in Southern California and um, eventually, you know, buy a beautiful white Audi convertible or at least a beautiful white Audi convertible and, you know, live by the beach and do a lot of these, you know, travel and do a lot of these things that I had wanted to do. Um, so there was so much that was great about those years in my life. Um, and at the same time, about three years in, I did that for six years. And about three years into that six years, I started to kind of get this nagging whisper, this voice that said, you know, this is great, but there's there's more you're meant to do than this. And uh, at first it was just a whisper as often happens. It was like, okay, you know, there's there's more to your life. Like this is not what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life. Um, and then it got louder as time went on. And the way it got louder was um, a lot of just intuitive pull, but also I started to have a lot of um, anxiety. I started to have some health issues um, and just these signs that things were not quite in alignment um, and just this really strong nagging feeling that there was something else I was meant to be doing. And part of that, you know, now looking back is that I was a connector doing the work of an arranger. So again, coming back to the quiz is there's arrangers, connectors, visionaries. Those are the three talents we talk about. And a, a ranger is my secondary. And I see this a lot in, in the clients I work with now as well, is that we end up falling into work that we are good at, that we have a skill around, but it's not necessarily what brings us alive. It's not necessarily our true talent. It's our maybe our secondary talent. Um, and that's what happened with me. So I was doing a ranger type work. I was behind the computer all the time. I was kind of in the details of people's businesses. When as a connector, I need to be out talking to people on the phone, like the more recording podcasts, like this is the kind of stuff that I would love to do all day long. And now I mostly do all day long, um, which is so much better for my health. So there was just a lot of things out of alignment. Um, not a lot of things. There were a few things um, out of alignment enough to where, um, I don't know if you want me to just keep going on my story. I could, I could talk forever here. Should I just keep going? Uh, no, no, it's beautiful. Okay. Thank you. I was just meant to ask, you know, sounds like business going really well. And, mm -hmm. um, but then you realize that you wasn't not happy at what you are, even though it's very, very successful. Yeah. I'm curious, you mentioned about the health issue. Is that related to you overall happiness? I think or? it was. Yeah, I really do. Um, just a lot of different kinds of, I call them like mystery symptoms. I worked with a lot of health coaches and I, I won't go into details, but um, just different things that were, I was struggling with over the years. And I did a lot of cleansing and I did a lot of things on a physical and spiritual level and it helped, but there was just still certain things that weren't, weren't healing basically. Mm -hmm. um, and that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think is I think a lot of people don't recognize that how body and mind and so actually have alignment yeah. and obviously it's easy for to say that term but a lot of people don't actually make that connection so I just think it's so beautiful that you uh, once again really have that 
connection, you know,、mm-hmm. to your body, and in a in a way where you start seeing that things are not, you know,、uh, exactly what you are hoping, and、yeah. the health issue, you start connecting that dog together, realize, oh, maybe this is not made for you. Yeah, yeah. But was it hard for you though, given it, you were so successful, you know, in such a young age, you were very. Um, very successful, have your own online, you know, marketing business, and yet you have a voice telling you you want more. <laughs> How do you able to solve that? Yeah, I mean, it was it was years of I call it like being in the mush <laughs> before I got clear on what to do, because and in the mush I always say because that's what way it felt and it felt kind of like the caterpillar, you know, that's in the cocoon and can't see anything outside of it except. I was just hoping I was a caterpillar that was going to turn into a butterfly. I just felt like mushed <laughs> at the time,、um, but it was just this nagging、yeah. voice, this feeling I wanted to do something more. I had a sense it had to do with you know coaching because I was raised in this work and just on a soul level, it felt like part of what I came here to do.、Um, but at that point, like you're saying, it, it's almost harder. And I, I talk to a, again a lot of my clients struggle with this. Almost harder sometimes to make a change when you're already successful in something because、exactly. you know、mm-hmm. than it is to change something when you're just starting out because you're like, well, now I have bills, I have the lives, you know, I like how am I supposed to just drop what I'm doing and go over here and shift, and I have my reputation and you know everything built up around that career, and so I think that's why it took me so long to make the shift.、Um, from the time I started to feel that to, to actually doing it successfully was about three years. Um, but I tried to do it unsuccessfully about a year before I before I did make the jump,、um, and I sort of failed at it,、uh, or I very much failed at it. So I'll just I'll tell that story quickly. But basically, I'd started to get clear that I wanted to make a change that I you know felt called to coaching. That was what I was raised in. I and I continued to also be really connected to my mom、um, throughout the years and to support her in projects that she was working on. And we actually ran a Mastermind program, a women's international mastermind program for three years. So those last three years, I was in my business. I was also running this program on the side with my mom, and we had retreats all over the world. And it was a really fulfilling. I was one of the co-trainers. Really fulfilling project, and it also really cemented for me that this was something I wanted to do. Um, but then making the actual leap to like let go of the income of my other business was really challenging、um, and and terrifying, frankly. And so, I about a year before, like I said, I finally did make that transition. I decided I was going to coach. I was done with my marketing. I was so burned out. I was like, I would hit this wall every you know two months or something where I would just break down crying to. My、oh. now husband, because I would just be exhausted. I would just be so many deadlines, you know, different conflicting things. I was always taking on more work than I could handle. Like I said, there were just some certain patterns. And the biggest thing, again, looking back, is that the work wasn't aligned with my true soul's purpose. And secondly, it wasn't aligned with my top talent, with what really brings me alive. And so that is, I realize now, it wasn't the amount I was working. It was those two things that really led to the burnout. But I would break down crying to him, just like bawling because I couldn't handle it, and I would I would have taken on too much work. And so、um, anyway, I think I、why? had one of those why I took on too much work. Yeah, if you already felt it was tough to balance, you know, it was tough to balance with something like that, knowing how much you would have time for. Projects would get bigger than they were originally supposed to be.、Um, yeah, it was just difficult to sort of. 
find the limits on your time. And, and, and I had never really systematized that business. It was always me as a solopreneur. I never built a team. Mm -hmm. And part of why I never built a team was because I knew deep down it wasn't what I really wanted to do long term. That's interesting. You knew <laughs> because that, right? people told, well, here's how I knew. I just knew that people would say to me all the time, you're really good at this. You have these amazing clients. Why don't you turn this into an agency? You know, you could scale this. And everything in me would go, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I have no interest in doing that. It is not what I want to do. But I didn't know what I did want to do, right? So anyway, it was a frustrating few years. But that's so that's so beautiful, though. The, the fact that you're able to, you right away knew when people gave you that suggestions from a good heart, you knew you don't wanted to pursue that. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, Wen, is I love that you keep pointing that out because I think everyone knows. But they don't listen. And that's exactly what my yeah. point. I think it's just so beautiful. And the reason I say that is, you know, I, I go to business school and all my friends are high achievers and they all go to, a, you know, all the great job that they all desire. And I'm only speak for my own my own truth and, you know, step into a corporate world that I was told to do. And it, it's just difficult when you were exactly like you mentioned, successful, looking mm -hmm. great from outside. But deep down, you kind of knew that wasn't what you meant to do yeah. but kind of at least for me I tried to fight it I thought it was something wrong with yeah. me I, I even thought why am I not grateful yeah. I'm so lucky I get paid well I have this great job you know everyone's so nice like you know you're trying to justify with yourself when even that voice come but I almost choose to not uh, ignore that so I love that Oh, I tried to so ignore it too. It sounds like I had certainty, but I tried. I I remember yeah. going through a time where I said, like, why can't I just be grateful for what I have? Like, I should, mm -hmm. you know, I have a six figure plus business at 20, whatever. And, you know, yes. I should just be able to, like, ha be happy with this for the rest of my life. People exactly. would be so delighted to have that, you know, and I tried. I really mm -hmm. did. There was a period of about a year where I just let go of the idea of doing something more or having some big mission. And I really tried to let it go and to just be okay where I was. And I wasn't unhappy either. Like I like to make that very mm -hmm. clear. Like I had amazing friends. I was living in California. I was with the love of my mm -hmm. life. You know, so many things were working and that's why it was so uncomfortable and jarring to mm -hmm. have this piece of me that just would not let go. But I remember like, I, I like to share these moments because it's yes. like what was true you know I remember going to this event for entrepreneurs um, and it was a high level kind of mastermind event and being in the audience and everybody seemed so on path and on purpose and what they were doing they were so excited about what they were building and I remember going and crying in the bathroom because I was just like I don't feel that way you know like I don't feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing but I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or how to make a change. It's, it's, so, it's so interesting that you can see everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in, I'm in that. And I, I, about a year before, like I said, I left, this was so 2000 and early 2017, like January, I said, okay, I'm done. I'm tired of being burned out. I'm going to, um, start coaching and quit my marketing business. So I put up a post on social media I stopped taking on copy and marketing work and uh, I basically waited for the clients to show up, which is hilarious now looking back on it. But um, I got one client and didn't, they weren't paying me very much. And basically 
didn't get any more business. And within about 30 days, I was running out of money and, and very embarrassed, had to go back to my work um, just to kind of pay the bills, you know, and I was embarrassed because I had announced to the world I was going to start coaching and, you know, step into my true soul's work and all these things. And I, and I, but I tried to do it with no plan and I tried to do it with no support. And so it was another full year that I just stayed in what I was doing. I worked a whole lot and I kept having those moments of breakdown and, and so on before ultimately my mom was the intervention for me. So we were in Costa Rica in early 2018, leading um, the final retreat for our mastermind program. We'd been running it for three years. We went a couple days early and we had decided to, to close that program and really see what we wanted to do next. She was turning 60 that year. I was turning 30. So it was a really pivotal kind of moment for us. And we went, we're walking on the beach and just talking for a couple of days before the class begins about what was next. And little did I know that she was actually facilitating kind of a coaching experience for me. I thought we were just talking and hanging out and, you know, getting massages on the beach. But because when her style of coaching and our style of coaching, now I do this work as well, is not just strategy. It's not just going like, okay, what are your next steps and how do you get there? It is, it is tapping you into your aliveness. It is getting you connected to a deeper part of yourself. And so it's, it's more like art. <laughs> My mom always says like painting something creative than it is like just the structure. We put the structure in too. So she's asking me questions and then we go walk a little bit. And then she asks, we talk a little more and then we go swim in the ocean. And that's kind of what those couple of days looked like. So I had no idea that she was doing anything, but basically through her facilitation in those days, I just had this experience where I just saw so many things clearly about my life. And again, this is the work I do now with people and it's so fulfilling to be on the other side of it. But I, I use the term like clarity dawned, you know, they say clarity dawned. That, that was how it felt like my life stretched out in front of me. I suddenly saw what it is I wanted to do and, and more clearly how I wanted to do it. But most importantly, I saw that I could not continue to do my former work. Like I could not stay in that career for two reasons. One, it would probably kill me eventually because it was really impacting my health that much. I mean, I didn't have any serious health issues yet, but I could see if I continued on that path and didn't listen to my body, that it would keep getting worse over time. And then secondly, I saw that if I, if 10 years went by, let's say, and I didn't do this because I specifically realized I wanted to do it with my mom. And if I didn't do that, and let's say she was 70 and we were looking back, or let's say she passed away at some point, right? And we were, I was looking back, I would deeply, deeply regret it. And so those two things just basically made me go, okay, well, wake up call. I have to figure this out. Like I have to do whatever it takes to make a change. And my mom at that point said, great, I'm going to support you. Listen to what I say. I'm going to coach you and we're going to get you, you know, we're going to help you make this transition. And it was a transition. It took me about 12 months to fully shift from um, in a much more strategic way to fully shift from my career at that time into coaching as I built up my coaching practice and, you know, learned how to sell in that arena and marketing in that arena, which was, you know, different than doing it for other people. And, you know, I like to share that because it does take time, but I was so clear there was no going back. And the big difference was that I had the support and the guidance because before I had no plan, as I said, and no support. So that was ultimately what allowed me to make that change. 
So is there any fears after you see that clarity? Or total fear. You... Total fear. I was How just like, overcome that? because I had that clear moment of I cannot go back. I mean, it felt like life or death. It really did. You know, I cannot do wow. this anymore. And I have to. And that is often, you know, mm -hmm. when I talk to people, I'll often do like a, an initial call with someone if they're curious about working together. And it's called a clarity call. And the reason is we go through deep questions to see for that person and they can make either choice. You know, a lot of it's not a I don't do high pressure sales calls, nothing like that. It's it's just helping someone get clear what's next and are they ready to make a change um, whatever that changes for them. And then if so, you know, they have the option to work with me or not, but I call it a clarity call because my goal in those sessions is to get someone to have a pivotal moment like I had where they get clear one way or another, and there's no turning back if they are ready to, to shift something mm -hmm. because you have to see it that clearly in order to make the change. Otherwise it's so much easier to stay in our comfort zones. And then the reason mm -hmm. someone chooses to work with a coach, whether me or somebody else is because just making that decision is not enough. We think it is. We think, oh, I'm clear and now I'm going to do it. But the truth is you're going to have fears come up, self-doubt. I had all of that, in the, especially in that first year. I would just be, you know, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. Like, I'm going to just have to go back to this other work. And like, what do I do? You know, just so many moments of that. And that's where having my mom there step by step by step. Nope, you keep going. You do this. This is, you know... That's what kept me, that's what allowed me to do it. So for listeners who may be also about stepping a new adventure, mm -hmm. a new journey, and maybe that fear, that self-doubt, that um, insecurity is coming up from time to time, what would be one thing that you would tell them or one simple advice that they can do today to help them really move forward and truly step into their own genius zone yeah I'll give a couple of different things because I truly would say the biggest thing is to get support um because I always say it's a myth that we're meant to do it alone um we have this idea that we should just be able to figure it out and move through it on our own but it's hard you know we need sometimes we need someone to not only help us get clear on the next steps but to be a cheerleader and be a champion for us when we don't believe in ourselves but I know that's something that, you know, takes another person. So I want to give one other piece that they could maybe um, use on their own that might be supportive. One of the big, one of the big, um, what would I call it, like distinctions that made a huge difference for me in the early days was something, you know, again, my mom shared with me, which was, it's not about you. So what I mean by that is I would have so much fear come up around, let's say, having an, a sales or an enrollment conversation or putting myself out there online. You know, I had a lot of resistance around that in the beginning. I said, well, I don't want to be posting on social media all the time. Like, I don't have any interest in sharing my, you know, it's just like that doesn't that feels kind of self-centered, first of all. And it just sounds like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do that. And Whenever something like that would come up or the fear around the enrollment calls or around, you know, anything, she would say, get your attention off yourself and on to the people around you. Do, and she would ask me, do you feel like you're meant to do this work? Do you feel like you have a mission, something you're supposed to share with people? And I tuned in and I said, well, yeah, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And she said, great, then it's not about you. You need to get out of your own way and put your attention on the people you're meant to serve. There are people out there sitting 
struggling with the very thing that you can help them with. And if you don't move past this and move past that fear, then you are robbing them of the opportunity to work with you and get out of pain or get out of that struggle. And you're doing them a disservice. And that distinction shifted so much. And I share that with all of my clients today. And it's one that you have to remind yourself of again and again. But, you know, even for you and with this podcast or all the things that you're doing now, it's like you're doing this because, yes, it's part of your soul and what you 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 desire for you. But it's also you're doing it as a service, you know, and if you were I don't know if this came up for you at all, but if you were. Um, you know, scared or thought, I don't know if I have anything to share that's worth sharing, or if any of those thoughts came up for you, then, then that is maybe unconsciously part of the shift you made or, or other people, you know, who have chosen to kind of push beyond their comfort zone. So that's kind of the most mm-hmm. practical piece, I would say, of something you can do on your own, without necessarily mm-hmm. the support of a coach is to make that mental shift. That is so beautiful. And I, I just love that um, I can obviously you have a great support of you know your mom, but also you really um connect back to your why mm-hmm. and who you want to serve and having that purpose, having the mission forward, uh, really gonna help you move forward. So I am just you know so mm-hmm. um so glad to hear that. And I use that um, day. I use that every single day. Truly, I <laughs> if, if fear comes up. Because there's always that. another level, you know, when fear comes up and says, oh, my gosh, now I have a team. Now I have all these different people, you know, kind of answering to me and we're growing and there's, you know, the, we're at a whole different stage now. And fear still comes up or if I'm going to go out to a, you know, networking event pre-COVID or or speak in front mm-hmm. of a lot of people or do a podcast interview. If I get nervous or even before an enrollment call, I sit there and I have, a, you know, personally kind of a my own spiritual practice around this, but it doesn't have to be a spiritual thing. I just connect into my heart, connect to my higher power or higher self. And to say, please, you know, let me move out of my own way. Let me be present. Let me be of service. Um, and and that's how I'm able to move through to, you know, whatever that next level is, because it's always uncomfortable. Wait, so how do you actually do that? You just sit down and talk to yourself yeah. for yeah. two minutes? It depends on, you know, the person and if they have a, um, if, if I were going to share this with somebody else as a practice, it depends on whether they feel more religious or spiritual or don't have a spiritual, you know, belief. So if you don't have a spiritual belief, you could just tune into your own heart, kind of close your eyes, tune into your heart and kind of say, you know, okay, remember, this isn't about you. You're here to be of service. Get really present with the person you're talking to like that, you can kind of talk to yourself. Um, Or Mm -hmm. if you do have a a spiritual practice of some sort, I like to connect to kind of my higher power, kind of like a prayer, and just say a Mm -hmm. similar thing, like, please help me be of service, Mm -hmm. be present. And um, yeah, so that's a little Mm -hmm. practice that I do frequently. That's so beautiful. I'm going to use that going forward. Absolutely. And I want to share the gear a little bit talking about a business. So you finally step into what you always meant to do, right? Start a coaching business with your mom. You mentioned earlier that um, it was difficult. The marketing, the sales piece is very difficult at the beginning. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about that and how do you overcome? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I had, I had a lot of marketing knowledge, of course, for my years and and doing that, but I was doing, there's so much to marketing and I was doing it largely for bigger businesses, you know, still small businesses, but multiple six figures to seven figures plus. And I was more in the early, you know, startup phase at that point. 
And so some of the things, it was almost like my knowledge was too far ahead of where I was. Um, I'm only now mm. at this stage in our business, really getting to use my knowledge of online marketing in, in certain ways. So I had to fill in the gaps with, you know, okay, I have to actually learn a different kind of sales and um, how to do social media marketing. I had never had to do that in my previous business because it was all referral. And so, you know, just learning, kind of educating, bootstrapping in, in those areas and just kind of mm -hmm. figuring it out. Um, what else in those early days? A lot of it was just the mindset work and the confidence um, and then figuring out how to, how mm -hmm. to get clients. And so I started out with business coaching because I wanted to take basically my years in online marketing and then my knowledge of, of the aliveness method and, and the work my, my mentor has been developing, my mom for 34 years, uh, now 34 years, I guess it was 32 at the time, but I, I combined those two and um, developed a business coaching program, a five month program. And I, I led that for the first year and a half. In fact, I am just phasing out of that um, now. So I led that for about a year and a half and I put, uh, I think about 30 women through that program. And it was so amazing. It was such a learning experience. I had, you know, bigger and bigger groups that I would lead through it. And um, I loved the experience of group coaching and, and you know, just uh, so much about it. Like, I really, really love that program. But what happened for me is I still didn't feel 100% clear about what we were growing, you know, what we were growing into. All I knew was I had been called to get into coaching and to work with my mom, but we we didn't really have like the longer term vision yet. And I think I had to go through that phase of like foundation before we could see that clearly because I wouldn't have been ready yet. Like if we had seen the big picture when I first started, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it because I, I had too much, you know, to learn and to get through in terms of the, the mindset and everything. And so, you know, it was, it was great to do that for the first year and a half or however long that was. Um, but I still had this sense like, okay, this isn't quite it. And we were, we had one brand name we were out under and that didn't quite fit. And so, um, while I, again, loved doing the work I was doing, I was, it was truly, I mean, I have to say this, like the experience of stepping into coaching was like coming back alive again. My anxiety was gone within a matter of months. Um, I haven't had panic attack in, you know, years and I just had so much more energy. And it wasn't that I was working less. I was still working a lot, a lot of the time because we were a startup. But I just felt completely different. I was in my function more and more and more, you know, talking to people, coaching, um, getting more visible online, you know, sharing my own message. And so, so many things were clicking into place and just really up, up leveling. And mm -hmm. at the same time, there was this piece of like, okay, but what, what am I growing here? What is the bigger, you know, vision? I didn't quite see that clearly. And so um, I've shared this a little bit with you, but basically when COVID hit earlier this year, I, I just kind of hit a wall <laughs> at first as many people did. It was like, whoa, what is happening in the world? We had a Bali retreat scheduled um, for April and we so very early on, like in February, we were rescheduling that because COVID was already hitting, you know, the Asian countries. And so we said, okay, well, we need to change course here. We moved it to next year. We really went into reaction mode of like, and then my wedding, my dream wedding <laughs> was scheduled for June in Italy. And, and then Italy was the other place that was like just ravaged right early on. Mm -hmm. It was such a terrible terrible thing that happened there. And so, you know, 
in comparison to what was going on in the world, my problems are very small, but, but for me, they felt, you know, very overwhelming of course. And, and upsetting. And so I was grieving, you know, that I wouldn't be able to have this dream wedding and, and just so many different things were, were coming up. And so I kind of hit this wall where I just was like, all I could think was, I just, I need a break. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to like deal with everything mm -hmm. that's going on in the world. And so my mom said, you know what, take a break. And I was like, well, what about our business? You know, like, what, I can't, do I just stop everything? You know, like, we don't have enough mm -hmm. systems in place yet to sustain if I stop working. And she said, it doesn't matter. Like, you, you need to, if, if your soul is saying, take a break, you know, take a break. Mm -hmm. So, so I did, I took a I love that because I want to mention, I feel like oftentimes we don't give us our permission to take a break when we feel yeah. like it. And I love that you're able to recognize it and just do it. Yeah, I, and having a coach, I would not have done it ever. I would have just kept working. But having a coach that pushes me, that's part of what a coach does, is not always comfortable. Um, you know, she just said, you have to stop. And I said, and I was terrified again to stop and thought my whole world would fall apart. And, you know, we'd make no money. And, you know, we did take an income hit for a short time there. But but it was such a powerful thing for me to take a break because I don't think I had stopped working since before college, you know, like not really for any extended mm. period of time except for a vacation here or there. And so to just stop everything and and I went into, I had to go into complete trust that like it, it would be okay, you know, that. How do you able to do that? Like that's hard. I had to say it's like, you know, like you. especially for me, it was hard because I had so much wrapped up in like financially. And that's always been like a big, you know, big one for me if I can't let go or you know if, if I have don't make money it's gonna be the end of the world and so I, I don't know I just I just said I, ha I have to and the other thing was I had this pattern which I've talked about a couple times of overwork and overwhelm and just treating everything like hard work and I was so determined I really recognized it early in COVID because I tried to take a day off one day in the middle of the week because things were you know everything was kind of on pause anyway so I tried to take a day off and I ended up cleaning the house and like getting all stressed out and treating it like work and being, <laughs> I was just like, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be taking a day off, you know? So I would, I would carry that energy with me into everything I did. Why do you think it's that? I, I'm curious just because I think oftentimes a lot of us having that, but not able to recognize why. Yeah, I think it was just a pattern. It was just a habit, you know, it was something I started maybe before university and then I carried it through there. I worked really, really hard, as I said, and had jobs and was, you know, 4.0 student and all that. It's, it's an overachiever thing. It's, um, is being successful really important for it you? It is. And what does that mean for it you? It is very important for me. Or, it is, why? Um, you know, now I think I'm I'm striving or I'm 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 being successful from a different place. But this was actually where I got to unwind the unhealthy relationship to success. That was, you know, mm -hmm. coming from a survival, an over <laughs> overexcited survival instinct, and coming from, mm -hmm. you know, not feeling like it, what I had wasn't enough. And so when I went in and stopped everything, I just said, okay, if I if my business falls apart, if I don't make money, if whatever, like. I have to trust that I'm going to be okay. And I have to trust in, you know, the bigger plan here because this is what I'm feeling called to do. So I took those three weeks and mm -hmm. I really went inward. I really said, okay, first I just relaxed and I planted an herb garden and I, you know, I took some time Beautiful. and then I said, okay, what do I, you know, let me journal. Let me really look at what I want. If I, 
didn't have to work, what would I do? Because I'm someone that wants to make a difference. You know, I just said, do I want to be a stay-at-home mom? Do I want to go get a job? Mm -hmm. Do I want, like, if I had no external pressures on myself, if I didn't put any external pressure on myself, what would I do? And I pretty quickly was like, okay, I don't, don't want to get a job. That much is clear. Um, and I, and I was like, you know, I don't even think I really want to be a stay-at-home mom. I'd like flirted with that idea of the years and there's nothing wrong with that for people who want that. But I was just like, I'm someone who mm-hmm. loves to work. And I realized I do love my work. It was just like, it wasn't quite clear what the vision was. And that's where I said, okay, then what is, what is the impact I want to make? Or what, why am I called to do this work? And if I could do it all my way. And so anyway, went down this whole rabbit hole with these kinds of questions And what ended up emerging was that my passion is really for the deeper transformational work. It's for the method I was raised in, the aliveness method, because I looked at my life and I went, the further I went away from that, the further I went away from following the things that really bring me alive. And the more I went into my head, the unhappier and unhealthier I became. And it didn't matter if I had money and freedom, it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And the more I've come back into alignment with what brings me alive and what my true gifts are and, and really creating my life and my business around that, the happier I've become, the healthier I've become, and the more successful I've become, which is really interesting. So um, even success at another level. And so we decided to pivot again. We changed our brand name to Follow Your Aliveness. And we decided to develop a certification program. My mom hadn't certified people in many, many years, decades, actually, um, in you know coaching and, and leadership. And so we developed a nine-month program in the certifying people in the aliveness method. So not just people who want to coach. They could be coaches. They could be, you know, we have people in the program that's starting here in September that are, we have a hairstylist who wants to, you know, really learn leadership tools and continue to transform her own life and, and learn to use the, you know, this method with, with her team that she's planning to grow. We have, you know, all different kinds of, of women, people who are going to use it in their careers and their, in their corporate careers even. Um, And so that's, that's what we shifted to is now we I've retired my business coaching program, although I teach business and marketing alongside the mastery program, it's a part of the program. Um, But I've retired just doing that on its own. And I really focus on um, bringing this work to the world in a bigger way. And what's been so amazing about stepping into that one is that it's like, the floodgates opened. It was like, oh my gosh, suddenly I'm clear, like this is what I'm here to do. And I stopped putting limits on how big that could be. Because in the past I said, I don't want to have a big business. I don't want to have a big mission. That sounds like too much work. I've already burned myself out. Like I just want, you know, this kind of simple life and to make a certain amount of money and that's it, you know, and, you know, have a positive impact, but not too big of one. Right. And when I got clear, when I stopped when I broke through that pattern of hard work, of treating everything like hard work, because that's the other thing that happened in, in my time off, was I I broke that pattern. I just said, no more. How? If people ask me that question, I'm like, I don't know if I exactly. Yeah, because I the reason I say that is I think there are so many high achievers out there. And I I call myself one, too. Like if you just ask me stay home for just two days and actually don't do anything, I'm not quite sure what do I do with mm-hmm. myself. So... I'm very curious, how do you actually do that? And how can you know, our listeners 
um, can benefit. Any any suggestions yeah. in terms of really how to break that hardworking pattern? Yeah, I mean the biggest thing is during my time it was taking that time not working. Other than I kept working with my current clients, but I didn't do anything new. I didn't post on social media. I didn't, you know, nothing new. Um, so something in that was really important, taking that time. And not everybody can take three weeks. And that, you know, even for me, like I said, we took a financial hit for a short time. And I had to be okay with that, you know, to put some things on a credit card and whatever and trust that I would pay it off later. Um, but I took taking that time not taking it and going filling it with something. I just, it was quarantine anyway. So I stayed home. Yes. I journaled, I slept, I read, I, you know, I, I didn't try to figure anything out because if I knew if I went in and I tried to figure something out, I would make that hard work too. So at first I relaxed, yes. like I said, I took care of myself. I would suntan in the afternoons, like really like that because, and the rule was this, this was the rule I had with myself. If it's not fun, I'm not allowed to do it. And if it stops being fun partway through, I have to stop doing it. That was my rule. So oh, I if I was doing anything around the house, a project, because I did some things, you know, if I started mm-hmm. feeling like stressed about it or it was hard work or it was anything partway through, I had to put it down in the middle and walk away. And was it hard to execute? Was it hard to hold yourself accountable? It was, it was hard to hold myself accountable. But then I realized that. I was doing this again, not only for myself, but because I know that so many people I work with probably struggle with the same thing. And that, so that by me learning how to do this, I would have the ability to share with others. And so again, by making it not about me, it gave me that bigger purpose and that bigger accountability to break the pattern. And so coming out of it, I just had a whole different relationship with work. And I, it was like, now I, I'm truly choosing my work, you know, and so I still work a lot sometimes. And I still have moments of overwhelm sometimes, but now I'll stop and just go, okay, well, then what do I need to shift here to not be feeling this way? Because if it's not fun, why am I doing it? That was a big thing I got like, why am I doing it? You know, I don't have to build this business. I don't have to, you know, I I have choice. Mm. And so I, you know, it's so I think oftentimes people don't think we had a choice. I love that you say that you have a choice. Mm-hmm. And like, confirm with yourself and hold yourself accountable for that. Hey, I had a choice. I can stop if I want mm-hmm. to. I think that's big. That's difficult for a lot of us to realize that. Yeah, and it can feel like we don't have a choice because, of course, we have to pay the bills. You know, like there might be a short window mm-hmm. where you don't have to, but you know, where you can you know get away with with a break, but you know, we do have to take care of ourselves. um, But ultimately, we do have choice in how we do that. And, you know, um, in in finding ways to educate ourselves or to move to something different, or, you know, there there is ultimately Mm -hmm. at the very core, we do have the option. And so, and, you know, for me, it was like, look, I could just get a job, that's always an option, or I could, um, you know, build a smaller business or whatever. But I just started to ask the question, like, when I realized that I couldn't possibly work harder than I had already worked, that was the big aha, because I started to look around and go, wait a second, there's all these people that are really successful in the world and having huge impact. And I always mm-hmm. had the story that they must be working harder than I was, or that that was going to be a huge amount of work to, to do that, like more work mm-hmm. than I was even doing already. And then I just kind of had this light bulb moment where I went, wait a second, that's not possible. It is not physically possible. 
to work harder than I have already worked. I've pushed myself to my very limit. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. So then suddenly I went, wait a second, they must be doing something different. They're not working harder. They're working smarter, which we all know, but like it just clicked. I was like, oh my God, it's not going to be harder work. It's, it's going to be hard work, but it could be fun too. Like what if it could be fun? So do you, when you say working smarter, you just meant working on things that that's fun? Is that what you I mean just meant that? like, they're just, it just broke that story for me of like, that they're, that it's just going to be more like harder work and heavy. You know, I associated it with like heavy and responsibility would be this heavy thing. And so I was just like, no, no, I was always putting the brakes on, on, on how big to go with my impact and my success. And when mm. I stopped doing that and I just said, oh, wait. Like that can't be harder work physically than I've already like, you know, like in terms of hours than I've already put in. Mm -hmm. So what if it could be fun? Like, I don't know where that came from. I just said like, what if it could be fun? Would I want to do it? You know? And I said, well, yeah, in that case, like I want to have a huge impact and I want to have a big business and I would love to have it. Mm. And I would love to. It's like, I took all those old stories out of the way. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. I was like, well, yeah, it actually feels like what I'm here to do in this life is to show people what's possible here by doing mm -hmm. it myself. And, and so whenever it stops being fun and look, not every day is fun, but like, you know, whenever I really like, if I really hit a point where I'm like, oh, this is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of falling into an old pattern here. Or I'm making this hard work. I go, okay, hold up. This isn't fun. I shouldn't be doing it. So what do I need to shift to make this more uh, in alignment for me. So um, that's, that's basically where I am now. And I've just like, like I said, let the brakes off in terms of what we're here to grow. And um, it's, it's really been amazing because it's like everything has mm -hmm. started magnetizing so much faster. You know, the opportunities have started showing up. The right clients are showing up faster than ever. My team has come together. I always resisted having a team because I thought it would be too much responsibility. And now I have these amazing people supporting me. Um, and we really, um, we're ready to grow and scale, you know, this, this certification program and our quiz that we developed. And um, it's been so fulfilling. So. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. I love that principle. If it's not fun, <laughs> we're going to pivot and realign. I'm going to take that in my yeah. life. That's so beautiful simple obviously sounds simple but I think it's not easy to implement but I love that you just really stay tuned with who you are and trying to serve and use that as um really sort of you know pivotal to help you navigate business life all and about yeah and also sounds like three-week vacation is the answer <laughs> for everything I don't know you know I think a lot of people take vacation and they don't actually unwind so there's a very mm. it's a very important distinction and I'm you know again I have a lot of tools at my disposal I don't want to say that it wouldn't work for someone else but that's where I think having support or mm -hmm. a coach to help guide you through if you're going to do something like that like a lot of my mm -hmm. clients during COVID I really coached them to take they, they, they couldn't all take three weeks but take at least a week and really stop everything. Wow. And we worked on that and talked about how to approach that so that they did get the benefit of the reset out of it. Because otherwise, mm -hmm. people just fill their time and they don't actually relax, just like you can go get massages and, you know, get your nails done and not actually <laughs> relax, you know, you can be thinking about mm -hmm. your to do list the whole time, you don't actually unwind. So that's why we make this distinction of um, mm -hmm. what really about how you really unwind versus versus, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just taking taking time off.
That's really beautiful, and um, I am someone that actually cannot just do nothing. I am just thinking、mm-hmm. about if I take one day off, just one day, like actually not doing anything, not scheduling a hiking, not scheduling go to the grocery store. I I actually don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, I'm question. My question is, um, McKenna, just picturing if you know someone like me or our listeners also curious, maybe they want to try this weekend.、Mm-hmm. Um, is there a simple thing that th- simple way you can guide them through? Like, is there like a simple principle you can share with which part of things? Well, well, which uh, folks who might want to try that, want to unwind this upcoming weekends? Maybe he or she. Never tried it before. Never do nothing before. Some things that I shared before of if you, if it's if it's not fun, don't do it. And if or if you、mm-hmm. stops being fun partway through, then stop.、Um, that would be, I think, a really great place to start and to、mm-hmm. let yourself get a little bored, because I think there's something really powerful in the、okay. boredom. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where some of the answers come from eventually. So you have to let yourself. Move through that emotionally, and then you know I'll I'll tie it into our work a little bit. Is is doing the things that bring、mm-hmm. you alive. So our whole work is about aliveness, or a good portion of it is. And so we talk about starting to notice shifts in your vitality. So we say your vitality is either always increasing or decreasing at every moment. It's either increasing or decreasing. And as you、mm-hmm. start to notice, what are the things that actually make you feel more alive? When do you feel Happier, more peaceful, more energized, more like yourself, and you、mm-hmm. start to track what those things are. And then, on the other hand, you also start to track. We have an exercise around this: what drains your energy, what makes you feel tired, depleted, bored,、mm-hmm. and these start to be distinctions. We call this charting your aliveness that you can use to、um, make simple shifts in your life that have profound changes. Because as you do more、mm-hmm. of what brings you alive, you actually see first of all physiological changes happen in people. So when we work with people using the aliveness method, and particularly a part called the reflection process, we actually show、mm-hmm. on video before and after we work with people. Everybody in our certification program learns this process, and they also go through it. So we have them video themselves to see the changes, and you can see. And one, we have this on our program page. You can see a picture. On the on the left side is the before, and on the right side is the after picture. And people look typically brighter after doing this work. They look younger. They have more light in the eyes. They look more relaxed sometimes. So these actual physiological changes start to happen. And as those changes start to happen,、mm-hmm. we say you have a more per,、uh, sorry a more efficient perception of reality. So you stop seeing life through this filter. Um, and you start to see more clearly. So you start to see opportunities where before you didn't see anything, and really to get clear on the direction、mm-hmm. you want. Because you've said several times, like, well, how did you know, or how did you see? And this is one of the big pieces: <laughs> is the more you do the things that really bring you alive, not from your head, not the things like, oh, I think I like to do this, or I,、mm-hmm. I think I'm passionate about this thing, but really from from tracking or from having someone give you the feedback of where those changes take place. Then the more clarity starts to dawn, the more you see what's next.、Mm-hmm. Wow, McKenna! No, first of all, this is such a beautiful story. I really love how authentic you are. Could I share such a beautiful, beautiful journey and how you really find yourself along the journey?、Uh, I'm curious. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience that I have not asked today?、Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think the biggest thing is that if you're feeling the call. 
or the pool or the whisper that it's time to make a change. It doesn't have to be in your career even, you know, it could just be like something like I have a great life, but something, you know, there's something more or something I want to shift. That can be a scary kind of feeling because we think, oh, I'm going to have to give up everything I've worked for or I'm not being grateful, but really listen to that, to that shift, right? To that or to that feeling because otherwise I always say that whisper will become a roar. And then if you don't listen, you get hit by the cosmic two by four, right? The <laughs> wax you upside the head. That's often what happens to people is if we don't listen to that, it gets louder and louder and our body or different things happen in our life to have a client that I'm mm -hmm. working with right now. And she had an experience where, um, you know, she kept getting that, that, that thought or that sense that she needed to make a change and she didn't. And then she ended up actually literally hitting her head and getting a concussion and then having to make these changes in her life. And so, you know, you hear all kinds of different ways that it shows up for people and it's not to put any fear mm -hmm. into anybody, but it is just to say like, listen, listen, that's, that's important. And then some of the mm -hmm. tools that I shared today, like even the charting your aliveness um, can be really powerful. And the other thing is we have that quiz that I wanted to share. It is free and it's called the aliveness compass quiz. And it's, it's another way for you to start to get information about what is really your true talent that brings you alive in your career and then also your success motivator. So if you're feeling tired or kind of uninspired or you have a sense you want to make some sort of change or even if you feel like you just want to get more into alignment, then then I think the quiz is a really powerful tool to have. So mm -hmm. people that are listening can go take that at a lot or sorry, at compassquiz.com, mm -hmm. compassquiz.com. No problem. I will make sure um, include all the beautiful links, sites below, guys. Feel free to check it out. Um, and once again, McKenna, what a beautiful, beautiful soul. I just love that along the journey, you are so authentic, in tune with who you are, and you listen to your body, and which is not easy, <laughs> but you overcome so many adversity, and today you leverage all those experience and all together to help serving your clients. And I think what you do and what your mom do, Gigi do, is just so beautiful. Thank so, you. Oh my God, I am so excited. Thank <laughs> you so much for sure. Uh, what a beautiful journey with all of us. Thank you so much. And if anybody has any questions, I'll give you my email address as well when and they can absolutely yes. email me. Sounds great. I will make sure to include that. Okay. Um, all right, guys, this is show for the day. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, what a beautiful story. And I cannot wait to see you guys next time. I hope you enjoy the show and find the inspiration for you to go after your dream, your goal. Uh, don't forget to check out the free goal journals in the link below so you can really have the right plans in the right place to help you go after what you really want.